I'm Polly. I'm a mom, a wife, a pelvic floor physical therapist, and founder of No Kegels University. I have helped thousands of women stop leaking, enjoy intimacy, and feel proud of their bodies, even after having kids. After years of listening to women wonder why no one talks about leaking, how they should properly recover after having a baby, and that pleasurable intimacy is possible, I started to get real frustrated because I believe that no mom or woman should struggle when there are answers. It became my mission to shed light on the lack of postpartum care and the lack of discussion on issues that relate to women and their health, even if they can be uncomfortable sometimes. It also became my mission to change the conversation on women's health, the pelvic floor, and more. Here we go. Episode 21. A pelvic floor physical therapist suggestions for endometriosis. I want to share with you a story of one of my patients because hers is such an incredible story from start to finish. Well, I shouldn't say finished because she's still struggling with endo, but at least at the point of time where she's at now, she's managing her symptoms really well, playing with her daughter and doing all the things that she wants to. So when she first came in to see me, she was in pain all the time. She felt like she was in a constant flare. She told me that she felt frozen in her body, that she wanted to go and do more to keep up with the housework and to play with her daughter. But she felt like Even if she tried to force through that, she would end up back on the couch. She saw a doctor and he suggested that she start with pelvic floor physical therapy. And she was totally not believing a thing I was telling her when we first met. But she was eager to at least give it a chance. And what I kept telling her, or at least how I presented this was, I'm not going to make your endo go away, but I want to teach you how to best understand your body and how to utilize exercise as a way to manage your pain besides improving some of the dysfunctions that you currently have going on. And I remember the look on her face. She totally glared at me. She rolled her eyes And she said something somewhat (laughs) rude right back to me. And which all, I'm not mad at her for saying that I have a lot of patients that come to see me that are in pain and they don't really believe a lot of what I have to say because unfortunately a lot of their hope left and it left a long time ago. But one of the things that we did with her exercise programming was the first rule was any exercise that I give you should not be painful during, and it shouldn't be painful afterwards, meaning that it shouldn't wreak havoc on you after the fact. So we worked on this to find what I called her Goldie or the gold standard, what she could go to no matter the type of pain that she was in. And it would help to offload that stress on the body, increase blood flow, 
and help her better manage her symptoms so that she is in a better place. Because again, she's a mom. And one of the exercises that I gave her, or at least what we determined her goldie was, was being on all fours and she would rock in all three planes, front to back, side to side, and in like a circular motion. And she would actually call it her elephant because she said she felt like an elephant on the ground. But the beauty of this particular exercise for her was she could perform it in bed. She could roll over and get onto all fours and perform this exercise. And I won't get into all the specifics as to why this particular exercise, the elephant, as she calls it, um, provided her with the relief that it does. But finding that besides all the other work that I helped her with allowed her to be in a position where she works out, she dances, she plays with her kids or her daughter, I'm sorry. And she is able to do a lot of the things that she wants to, including the housework and hanging out with friends and going on date nights with her husband when before she would just prefer to go to bed early and sleep. So in this episode, I want to walk you through my suggestions for you and how you can implement these things at home on your own, especially if finding a pelvic floor PT around you is tough or maybe not in the cards right now. So the first thing I would suggest is visceral mobilization. And to understand this, I want you to understand the viscera is a covering of all of our organs, our abdominal organs, our pelvic organs. And if you think about the long list of organs that sit inside our abdomen and pelvis, our uterus, our ovaries, our fallopian tubes, all the large intestine, the small intestine, the cecum, the ileum, the ascending colon, descending colon, transverse colon, stomach, appendix, liver, gallbladder. I mean, there's, there's a ton and I haven't even said them all. So if you imagine all of that, that fits into our abdomen, all of that needs to slide and glide. However, in the presence of endometriosis lesions, they act a lot like super glue. They're kind of sticky and they can cause some organs to adhere to each other, adhere to a different part Um, I've had patients, it feels like their uteruses adhere to their lumbar spine or part of their intestines are adhered to the inside of their pelvic bowl. So one of the manual techniques that I like to do with my patients is to do what's called visceral mobilization, where I use my hands on the skin to encourage all of those guts to slide and glide around on each other. So if you're interested in doing this, obviously you can find someone, but the other thing, what I would tell you to do is push, gently push on different parts of your abdomen and press down. And then same while you're pressing down, I want you to move towards the belly button, then move towards the right side of your hip and then the left side of your hip. And you'll notice that there's some areas that are restricted that they don't move very well. And if you're like, well, I don't really know what's supposed to move, try a different spot. And you'll notice that there are some areas that move better than others. 
So I would go back to that same spot and press down gently. None of this should be painful and push in towards the belly button, push away. Um, Make sure that your skin can roll, meaning that you're going to take your fingers, grab a section or forgive me for saying this, a chunk of skin and see if you can continuously roll it, roll it up towards the ribs, down towards the pelvis, in towards your belly button, out and away from your belly button. And again, this shouldn't be painful. If it is, back off a little bit. The fact that you have pain tells us that there probably is some dysfunction of some kind. The second thing that I would tell you to work on is balloon breathing, which is the same thing as diaphragmatic breathing, but I like to cue it a little bit differently so that we have participation of that pelvic floor. So what I mean by this is if you look anywhere else on diaphragmatic breathing, they're going to tell you inhale through your nose. You should feel your lungs expand. The diaphragm descends big inhale and then exhale. And then you should feel everything rise, but we're missing what's happening with our guts and with our pelvic floor. So that's where that balloon idea comes into play. I want you to pretend that you have a balloon that's sitting inside of your stomach and it's hooked to a helium tank. As you inhale, what's happening in reality is your lungs are going to expand, your diaphragm will descend, that pressure or volume displacement will push down into your abdominal organs or into your pelvic organs, and that will allow that pelvic floor to drop or descend. As you exhale, everything should rise back up. Or if you think about that balloon, as you inhale, that helium tank is going to fill that balloon, the front of the balloon, the sides of the balloon, the back of the balloon, balloon, and then the bottom of of that balloon is going to expand, which is to the front, to the sides, to the back, and at the bottom. So as you're doing that, you should feel pressure inside of your abdomen in all those areas, just like this pretend balloon would be doing if it really was hooked to a helium tank. And the reason that this is beneficial is that number one, it's going to encourage your organs to continue to move, which if you remember from the visceral mobilization section that I just got done talking about, if you remember what I just got done talking about as far as the viscera goes, we want to ensure that those guts are moving. And so this will help maintain and or slightly improve some of those organs moving and not allowing those endolesions to be so sticky and limit some of that motion. But also breathing this way will turn on your rest and digest system, which when you're in pain for any lengths of time, your body tends to be in a fight or flight system rather than the rest and digest. And that's where healing happens. So breathing this way can improve your organs moving, how your pelvic floor moves. Because if you remember in last week's episode, I briefly touched on that the pelvic floor can be affected during endometriosis. But by also breathing this way is we're establishing a way of breath that we were supposed to have. It's not uncommon for people with chronic pain to be chest breathers, not belly breathers or diaphragmatic breathers. So this is what I would work on for you. And what I would say to start with your first goal is when you inhale, get really good at your belly blowing up. 
all sections of it. It's pretty common for the lower half of your abdomen, the lower section of your rectus abdominis or your six pack muscle to not work. So you'll notice the spot from underneath your rib cage to your belly button that should blow up typically pretty well. That's what I see. And then from your belly button down to your pubic bone, it really doesn't do anything. So the first goal is I want you to work on getting that belly to blow up symmetrically and to expand symmetrically. And you're not pushing down or forcing it to happen. It should be very passive. It should be very gentle. If it's tough to do, that's okay. That's your sign that your body would benefit from continuing to do more of this. And I would work on this every day. Then when you get good at that, then I would work on seeing if you can feel that pelvic floor drop or descend with that inhale. The last thing is exercise and don't let the exercise part freak you out. Body movement is really what I'm talking about here. And what I mean by that is finding, and this is what my suggestion is for my patients, my coaching clients, and for you, find some form of exercise. Even if you're laying in bed and you're wiggling your toes and you wiggle your ankles, then you wiggle your knees and you wiggle your hips and you wiggle your back and then you wiggle your belly a little bit and then your shoulders and your elbows and your head and your neck and your wrist, even if you're doing like a sequential movement, something to encourage blood flow. And one of the things that I really love my patients to do is to find what I call their goldie, meaning the exercise or the movement that they can do no matter if they're in the middle of an endo flare and it offloads some of that pain so they can get right back into working on the things that they have going in their life or even the things that I have them doing as a patient or a coaching client, which if any of this freaks you out, or if you're interested in having more guidance in this, then you're in luck because the homework for this episode is for you to sign up for the Thrive with Endo exercise series. And the part here that I want you to not be afraid of, but be so encouraged by and to have hope for is because this is going to be, it'll get sent out at the end of March. So get signed up right away. So you don't forget, but I will send out each week for four more than likely, probably five, because I'm not brief on much and I want you to have a lot of this, but this is going to be exercise suggestions and ways for you to find those movements or exercises so that you can be in the middle of this this process of trying to find your Goldie. And if you remember at the beginning, my sweet patient identified her Goldie or her elephant And I feel very confident and hopeful that you'll be able to find your Goldie um, too with this exercise series. So check the show notes and be sure to sign up for that. And if you are not interested in waiting or you want some help with other things related to your pelvic floor, then be sure to sign up for a personalized pelvic floor plan with me where you and I will put together at least a month's worth of pelvic floor strengthening exercises or whatever it is that we're working on, whatever your goals are, and give you at least three strategies to implement. And the cool part about this is I send you a questionnaire prior to that phone call so that we can jump right in and I will have done legwork 
prior to our call so that all of the things that I'm sharing with you and telling you, it's all personalized and customized to you. So check out the show notes if that interests you. And remember, you're an heiress and a queen and everything in between. See you in the next one. If you enjoyed this episode or even wondered if I can help you, check the show notes for more details. And to see what else I'm up to, follow me on the socials at Beyond the V period by Polly. Because I'm changing the conversation on women's health, the pelvic floor and more, I still need your help. Please subscribe, leave a review and share with a friend or two. See you next week.